<clears throat> Hello again and welcome to the Office of African American Affairs podcast. My name is Devin Williams and I'd like to uh, go ahead and welcome Secretary of Taxation and Revenue, uh, Department of New Mexico, Stephanie Clark. Hello, Stephanie. How are you doing? Hi, Devin. I'm doing great. And it's such a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, likewise. And so um, just a quick, quick background. Stephanie Clark has over 18 years of experience working in New Mexico's state and local government administration. She served as Deputy Secretary for the Department of Finance and Administration, where she oversaw the agency's internal administration and was a member of several state policymaking boards and councils. Uh, Secretary Clark also previously served as a director of the State Board of Finance, eco economists for both the Legislative Finance Committee and the Department of Finance and Administration, and finance director for Santa Fe County. She brings a wealth of financial knowledge of New Mexico spanning revenue, economics, audit, procurement, capital, capital funding, legislative process, rulemaking, and more. Secretary Clark holds a bachelor's in economics from the George Washington University and a master's in economics from the University of New Mexico. Again, welcome. So I'd like to start off by asking um, a little bit about, uh, if you can give us a little bit more information about uh, the department you oversee and, you know, how your experience has been working over there. Oh, great. Well, thanks for the question. Um, I've been at the Taxation and Revenue Department almost three years at this time, and it's gone by really fast. Um, there's never a dull moment. We um, have a lot of irons in the fire all the time. We have about 800 employees and about, say, 300 of those work in the motor vehicle division where they're in field offices statewide and, and then in our central operations. And then the rest are on the tax side. So we have a mix of auditors, collection agents, um, revenue processors, you name it. And then a, a lot of support staff to just make all their work possible. Uh, it's been really um, rewarding to work for this governor and uh, the legislature that I get to work with every legislative session has been really receptive. Uh, we've made a lot of progress in making our tax code more progressive since coming into office in 2019 and hope to continue that push in the upcoming session. Yeah, awesome. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about kind of uh, what are some of those changes that you added to the tax code? Sure. Um, one of the main ones is, is what we're mainly, I think, going to talk about here today is expanding the state's working families tax credit, and we'll get into what that is. Um, but we've also added a new uh, top marginal tax rate to the personal income tax to uh, basically uh, result in about the top 3% of New Mexico income tax earners or income earners um, paying a slightly higher rate of 5.9%. Um, so that basically makes the personal income tax more progressive. And then in the last legislative session, we also expanded the what's called LICTER, the Low Income Comprehensive Tax Rebate. And, and that, together with working families, really do a lot um, to make our tax code more progressive. Yeah. And so um, can you, uh, I know you mentioned the Working Families Tax Credit. Can you talk a little bit more about what that is and what it entails? Sure. So 
probably the easiest way to start explaining it is talk about a federal credit called the Earned Income Tax Credit or the EITC. That's something that's been on the books in the federal tax code for about 40 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's seen as one of the most well-targeted and well-administered poverty reduction tools in the U.S. tax code. And then over time, uh, most states added their own version of the EITC to their own state tax code. So, um, and, and what New Mexico has, has had for many, many years is our working families tax credit that is a percentage of the federal EITC. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and there's been changes to that in statute that happened first in 2019 and then again in 2021. Um, before Governor Lujan Grisham came into office, the state credit was equal to 10% of the federal credit. And then through legislation that was enacted in 2019, um, it increased it from 10% to 17% of the federal credit, so almost doubled. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, there was another bill that increased it further. Um, it's increasing to 20% of the federal credit for tax years 21 and 22. And then it'll increase again to 25% of the federal credit for tax year 2023 and beyond. Okay. And, um, so the size of the credit went up at the state level. We also, in t- the 2021 legislation, just expanded who can claim the state credit. It used to always be that New Mexico's eligibility was identical to the federal eligibility, but now ours is a little bit more inclusive. Um, it's, it's being changed so that now um, basically undocumented individuals, individuals who don't file using a social security number can claim it. Um, they're called ITIN filers. The um, tax ID number that's issued by the federal government is what they'll use. We've yeah. also handed it for the first time now to workers without children between the ages of 18 and 24. So there are these younger workers that for the first time will be able to claim it in New Mexico. Oh, okay. That's awesome. And uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the additional requirements for qualifying for the tax credit? Sure, it it really has a lot. It it mainly has to do with the person's income and their family size. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons this is such a powerful poverty reduction tool, especially for children, is that the size of the credit goes up the more dependents you have up to a certain point. And so a bigger family gets a bigger credit. And then uh, and similarly, the lower your income, the bigger your credit size. So as income rises, the size of the credit sort of gradually phases out, um, mm-hmm. which is great because it's, it's supporting people and, and it's also incentivizing work. You have to have earned income wages um, on your tax return to qualify for this. So it's also reducing poverty by incentivizing work. Okay. And then um, are there like specific caps to the amount of dependents you have or the amount of money that you can get from the credit? Yeah, there there are maximums and we're actually waiting right now for the um, federal government to to establish them for the upcoming tax year. I don't have those exact numbers um, offhand, but I can tell you that in New Mexico, um, in the most recent year that we have data for, the average credit that was received across all the claimants was about $400. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, those with lower incomes or bigger families received more than that. And then those with higher incomes or smaller families may have received less. Okay. Um, I want to go into um, more of like the filing aspect. Is there like some uh, support systems in place that can um, help families that aren't really privy to filing taxes or that need additional support? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question because 
um, you know, the expansions of these credits that we're talking about really mean that people who um, don't file taxes in New Mexico, they choose not to file a return, they might be giving up a refund. Um, these are refundable tax credits. So if you file your taxes and, and claim these credits, you might find that the state owes you more than you owe the state and get a refund issued to you. And we really want to make sure people max out that benefit, especially um, during COVID. And, you know, we're trying to support everyone's um, recovery at this time. Yeah. So, so um, Tax and Rev offers an online filing system called TAP, the Taxpayer Access Point, and that's a free tool that anyone can use. They can create a TAP account and log in and file for free using that. Um, of course, there's tax preparers that, that people can go to, but I know especially um, if we're focusing on lower income folks, that can be expensive. Um, mm -hmm. You might spend a significant amount of your refund filing your taxes, and, and we want to avoid that. There are also um, nonprofit groups. Um, one is called Tax Help New Mexico that um, file people's taxes uh, free of charge. They use a, an army of trained volunteers to help um, file low-income elderly folks um, income tax returns. So if you're looking for assistance, I might uh, recommend reaching out to Tap, Tax Help New Mexico and they're associated with United Way. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about you know, um, I'm sure there's like been some families that haven't really filed taxes or, you know, they uh, haven't filed in several years. And because of the pandemic and moving to this online type of environment, they feel like it's more of a necessity to file. Is there like any penalties or um, is there any, um, any like advice for those families that are trying to get caught up in taxes but are very behind? Great. It's uh, another great question. Um, you know, of course, we are an enforcement agency. We do have to do our best to enforce the tax code and make sure we get paid uh, the tax that's due to the state, which is good for everybody, right? That's how we pay for schools and roads and everything that we like to have in our communities. Um, I would say that uh, we really encourage voluntary compliance. And the best thing a taxpayer can do if they think they're not in compliance is just come forward and, and work collaboratively with the department. Um, it's much better to come forward and, and for, for example, maybe enter what we call a managed audit, where the taxpayer works together with the department to figure out what their liabilities are, and it's, it's collaborative. And um, we also offer payment plans. You can do short and long-term payment plans if you find that you're not um, in compliance. But if you know that you're out of compliance, whether it be with income tax or business tax, the best thing to do, even though it's hard, is to get in touch with the department and, and see how we can help you with that is when you're not in compliance, you might be accruing penalty and interest. And, you know, the sooner you can get it taken care of, the better. And that managed audit, I want to say that's that collaborative um, process where the taxpayer comes forward. Um, it offers, I think it's 180 days uh, free of penalty and interest um, to be able to make payments without having to pay that. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, another question. So are there like different dynamics between working families that uh, own a business or entrepreneurs versus that work for like a government agency or like have um, like a more of a traditional type of job? That's a good question. And, and to my knowledge, there's no different. You basically just have to have earned income, meaning uh, wage income. So mm -hmm. if you're a business owner, you know, I, I, I guess it, it could depend on um, how the business is structured. You know, some yeah. business owners uh, take an income from their business, some, sort of reinvest back, right back in. But as long as you're basically reporting and showing wage employment versus, um, for example, dividends or 
you know, other times of, uh, types of more passive um, income. As long as you have wage income, you'll qualify up to a certain oh. income level. And then uh, is there like a, like a timeline or a deadline in order to be eligible for tax credits? Um, like how does that work? All right, so uh, we, we're all pretty familiar with April 15th, right? That's usually tax day. And, um, and so what I recommend is, is that, um, so we're coming up on, on the new filing season, right? This spring, um, starting in the spring of 2022, we'll all be trying to get our 2021 taxes filed. And typically they're due by April 15th, but for lower income folks who expect to get a refund, the sooner you can file, the sooner we'll be able to process your refund. So we start accepting those as early as late January, early February. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, for different reasons, some people um, request an extension. Um, and so you can request an extension and have until October 15th to file those returns. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I know um, we're approaching the end of like the tax season. Um, are there like certain things that people can look out for, like understand why they are like aren't eligible to have um, like a specific amount that's refunded? I know you talked about the dependents, like uh, your dependents and like your um, your income level. You know that fluctuates. And depending on what that is, will depend on how much somebody gets back. But are there other factors that or variables that come into play that could affect how much you get? There are. I, you know, for as many taxpayers as we have in New Mexico, there's probably that many different unique situations. <laughs> yeah. It never ceases to amaze me. You've got uh, things like, for example, claiming dependents, uh, you know, as, as your dependent exemption that affect a person's tax return. Um, withholding is a big one. If you're self-employed, and your employer is not withholding uh, for your personal income tax liability, then you need to have set that aside or, or sent it in as an estimated payment. Mm -hmm. um, really like for, for those of us that work for an employer, if we're an employee earning wages or salary, um, every month we'll see an amount of state and federal withholding taken out of our check. And that's sort of, you can see that as like a prepayment for what you will owe on April 15th. Yeah. Um, and so really what we end up doing is, is you know we estimate the amount that needs to come out of each paycheck. We, our employer automatically withholds that from us, and you know it's it's a bummer all year long. But then at tax time, we realize, oh, that's why I don't owe all this money out of pocket right now. It's actually a good thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> and and then it's sort of like your tax return trues up. Um, we have the estimated amount that you either paid in estimated payments or the amount that was held by your employer. And then we get your final tax return that shows exactly what your income was and all the all the different deductions you claimed and, and exemptions and things. And then that's what determine, we, we compare what you owed to what was withheld. And that's okay. what your your refund or payment amount. Yeah. Um, are there um, when it comes to like the African American community, sometimes, you know, we're like trying to figure out I guess like how to navigate, you know, um, a lot of times like resources aren't allocated. And so are there like specific resources that are allocated to like the African-American community from your department? Um, you know, we don't, we, we do outreach uh, basically to any um, advocacy group or com a community group that asks for us to. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would definitely be happy to accept an invitation to do an online event or any kind of outreach or training um, that was going on. But I'm, I'm thinking in over the last couple of years, 
um, other than some partnerships we've had with your office, there, yeah. there's nothing real specific. Um, we kind of put out all the information and, and whoever consumes it, you know, whoever gets in touch with us or watches our YouTube channel, things like that. Uh, yeah. we, it's educational for everyone. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, and I think that was, those are like a lot of my main questions uh, in regards to the tax credit. Is there any additional resources that you all have or any additional information that you'd like to give? Um, let me go over my, my notes on working families. Um, I think we kind of covered, I, I wanted to make sure that folks became aware that this uh, credit has been increased in statute in the last two years. And so it's been valuable all along, but we really hope that everyone uh, who is eligible for it will go ahead and claim it on their returns. Yeah. Um, another thing I guess I want to add is that um, some of your um, viewers could potentially receive a letter from us in the mail um, this week or next. We're sending out about 20,000 letters. Um, we went through and combed all of our data and we mm -hmm. looked at incomes and family sizes and figured out who we think is eligible for the Working Families Tax Credit and the EITC, the federal one, and then we looked to see whether they claimed it. And if we found anyone whose return suggests that they're eligible, but they didn't claim it, we're going to go ahead and send them a letter. This is the second year in a row we've done that. Um, the, the first year we did it, we saw a wave of a couple million dollars of credits claimed um, right after we sent those letters. And so that's gratifying. It, you know, we're getting in touch with the people that need to know this. And um, the more money we can get in their pockets, the better. So be on the lookout for those letters coming. If you receive one and you have questions, just um, contact us at the information included in the letter and we'd be happy to help you claim it. Yeah, awesome. Um, was there anything else that you'd like to add on top of that or is that pretty much? I think that's good. I know Charlie's on. Charlie, do you have anything that I missed? Uh, nothing other than that we will be stepping up our outreach on this once filing season arrives so mm -hmm. starting late january uh, i think you can expect the department to do some presentations uh, to different groups we think uh, may have a good audience for this uh, and we'll have some other outreach as well awesome well thank you um we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, do the podcast and come on and share a lot about the uh, the different tax credits that are available and, you know, ultimately providing opportunities for uh, New Mexicans, specifically Black New Mexicans, to take advantage of the resources that are available. So thank you, uh, Secretary Clark. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you helping us get out the word and, and we want everybody to make use of these awesome credits in the tax code, put some money back in their pockets. So we hope we've been helpful in getting that done today. Awesome. Yes, you have. Thank you. And so uh, we look forward to talking to you in the future and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.